Welcome back. It's CFL Week 7, and this is Harvey's Huddle. I'm your host, Jackson Harvey. It's been a couple weeks, and for that, I have to apologize. I, uh... (laughs) School's caught up with me, and just uh, general life catching up with me, and I completely forgot to do an episode last week, which is is quite a shame because uh, my predictions went off and I uh, I went 3-1 and one last week, which felt really, really good. Now, granted, I feel like last week's predictions were kind of easy to manage because most of them were, actually all of them, were repeat performances from a couple weeks prior, at least a week prior. Ottawa and BC played a couple weeks before that, but... Uh, It was pretty simple to make those predictions, so I won't give myself a pat on the back yet. We got uh, four more games coming up this week. Now, if you haven't already, go check me out on Instagram at CFL Huddle. We're on Twitter at CFL Huddle, and we have a Facebook page, Harvey's Huddle. CFL is the name. Go check those out. Let me know what you think about my predictions so far and the things that I say. Now, when it comes to this week's episode, I want to try to do a few things differently. I think um, in the past few weeks, I've just been kind of going through all four games going on, and I feel like in the CFL, that's a really hard format to follow um, and to keep kind of an interest going. And so, I mean, it's hard. You only have nine teams, and so you're talking about the same teams, the same players, the same trends over and over again. Um, and it's it's kind of difficult to keep up and to keep not only you guys interested, but also myself interested. And so I want to go through my top five teams in the league every week um, and kind of go through that list instead. Mostly, I mean, it'll facilitate a little bit more discussion for all of us. And I think, I mean, of course, top five lists and any list of any kind you're going to leave, leave people out, you're going to bring people in, and it's going to be controversial in some sort of way. And I feel like with those, I mean, those top five teams are the teams we all talk about. No one wants to come onto this podcast and listen to me yapping my face off about the Ottawa Red Blacks right now, right? And so let's talk about the teams that are kind of relevant in the league right now, um, the teams that we are looking at to make a playoff push, and... I also want to, after that, go over one game. Kind of an in-depth look, look at some of the stats, look at some of the trends going on, look at the players a little bit more in-depth. That way we're still looking at some sort of game going on in the week, looking at some of the players a little more in-depth, and then making my predictions from there. I'm still going to post the predictions for the other three games going on in the week. But yeah, let's, uh, let's get this thing started. Um, I'm going to go in reverse order, so let's start with my number five pick for this top five list. Uh, it might come as a surprise to some of y'all, but I'm going to pick Montreal as a top five team in the league right now. Um, I think it doesn't really speak so much to what Montreal is as to what Hamilton's lost. I think Hamilton lost Dane Evans. Um, I can't remember how long they're losing him for, but... They lost Dane Evans. Calgary's been looking kind of meh. I mean, they got Bo Levi Mitchell back, so maybe they'll be able to crack the top five in the next few weeks. 
Um, Edmonton just lost Trevor Harris for a little while. And, I mean, Ottawa Red Blacks, we don't really have to talk about them. Although, they did just sign the former Pittsburgh Steelers uh, quarterback. So, that's that's uh, that's interesting. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, but Montreal, I, I like Vernon Adams as well. I like William Stanback. I like their defense. And I, I think this team is the fifth best team in the league right now. Uh, they have a date with the BC Lions who just dismantled the Ottawa Red Blacks um, and whose offense really looks to be trending upwards. So I think this will be a big test. If Montreal is able to beat the BC Lions, oh, that's going to that's gonna change all sorts of leaderboards right now. Um, but for now, I have Montreal in fifth place. At number four, I have the Toronto Argonauts. Um, I think their offense is great. I think they need some discipline on both sides of the ball. I think uh, it's kind of characteristic of a young coach to take as many penalties as they were taking last week. Um, But I think Ryan Dinwiddie needs to kind of get control of the locker room in that sense and stop some of those stupid penalties from happening. Other than that, I think Nick Arbuckle needs to have some sort of consistency going on I mean he was one of the best backups in the league for a very long time and now he's not really throwing the ball consistently he's not being the Nick Arbuckle that we know and love so we need to see him um, take a step up and really take a stranglehold of the starting job in Toronto because as long as he isn't consistent the chit chatterings of uh, well you got McLeod Bethel Thompson behind him when are we going to see Macbeth? Is Macbeth going to come back into the game and uh, lead this team to victory? Yeah, well, you're still going to have all of those chatterings as long as Arbuckle doesn't really take the reins in Toronto. At number three, I have the BC Lions. Uh, the offense is starting to ramp up, like I said. They're starting to trend upwards. The defense is pretty solid, but we need to see a more consistent offense as well from the Lions. Uh, Mike Riley, Michael Riley, in my opinion, should have uh, sat himself down on the bench in even just the entire second half. It was kind of ridiculous that he didn't let uh, Mr. Young Gun, uh, the rookie behind him, um, really take the reins in any of that game. I mean, he didn't he didn't have a chance to do anything. And I think Nathan Rourke really needs the the opportunity to grow as a CFL quarterback. But in my opinion, do, 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 some conspiracy going on. Um, I I don't think Riley really wants to let Rourke have a chance to outshine him. I mean, all of these older quarterbacks, you're you're always threatened by the younger generation behind you. In my opinion, and I think in Riley's mind. Rourke came out in Saskatchewan pretty badly, but he started to adjust and started to get his mojo and hit some long bombs and threw a really pretty deep ball. And I talk about that every other week, I swear, but I think Nathan Rourke is the future of the BC Lions quarterback room. And I think Michael Riley knows it. And I don't think he wants to let up the reins of the Lions just yet. And so staying in for as long as he did against the Red Blacks last week is probably a tactic for him to try to make his time here in the CFL longer, in my opinion. I I think Rourke's a great quarterback. He wouldn't be if they kept him this long. So 
Um, and we've seen flashes of greatness from him, but Michael Riley needs to, to sit back and sometimes let the young gun take the reins. Um, other than that, I mean, this offense is set up to be scoring 40 points every week. And so it was good to see them finally reach that point on, uh, last Saturday night. We'll have to see it happen again and happen more consistently for them to move up this board. And number two, we have the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, defensive injuries are going to kind of hold them back and I think could end up putting them back more on this list if they continue to lose, of course. Um, another fun fact about the Rough Riders is since week four, or sorry, week three, they have not scored a single touchdown. Their offense has not scored a single touchdown since week three of the CFL season. And going three weeks without a single touchdown is quite... I mean, you got to be trying not to score touchdowns in the CFL um, if you don't score for three weeks. Like, that's impressive. They are number seven in the entire league with only seven offensive touchdowns through six weeks. That's... uh, And, I mean, most of those are coming from week one. Uh, All of them are coming from week one and week two. Um... But you got to see a better offense. You, they, uh, they're they up there in terms of rushing yards and things like that. And they got a decent offensive, uh, offensive group. But they haven't really shown up. And they haven't shown up in terms of offensive touchdowns. So we have to see them do a little bit better on that if they expect to win games and move up to the number one spot. Which currently resides to their rival Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, two wins in a row versus Saskatchewan really puts them as the number one team in the CFL It this is a brutal team I mean a really hard nose punchy in the mouth team and they uh, they take off and <laughs> I use I use that metaphor I guess I use that in, yeah metaphor for uh, for a reason I mean some skirmishes going on against Saskatchewan. I I personally agree with Andrew Harris staying in that game. Um, not just because I predicted the Blue Bombers to win, but also because, I mean, the standard for an ejection in the Canadian Football League has always been throwing punches. It hasn't been ripping off helmets. It hasn't been grabbing a face mask and putting someone to the ground. Yes, that's a penalty. Yes, he did get a penalty for unnecessary roughness, and I agree with that. However, if the standard is, hey, you rip that guy's helmet off, you're going to the locker room for the rest of the game, there were five or six different helmets laying on the field during that specific skirmish that everyone's been talking about, and so you should find the culprit of those other five or six helmets and throw them out of the game as well. I I don't think that that warrants an automatic ejection. I think it warrants a warning, a warning towards an ejection, but definitely not an immediate rejection like the punches that were thrown by the two Saskatchewan Rough Riders that were ejected. And so I uh, I really like this Winnipeg team. I think they're rough and tumble. They're, uh, Zach Claros is a fantastic quarterback. They got a fantastic defense around them. And uh, they look like the Grey Cup winners of 2019. So look out CFL because they, uh, they're they starting to get on a roll and it could be scary whoever gets in the way.
So there you have it. That's my top five. You got Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, BC, Toronto, and Montreal in fifth. Let me know what you think about that on social media. Um, and we're going to head to the game of the week, I think, which is in Saskatchewan against the Argonauts and the Rough Riders. Um, for the Rough Riders, like I said, they haven't had any touchdowns since week three, so that's a big issue for them. Um, they're probably due for a touchdown right now against a, a defense in Toronto that will probably give them one. Uh, Cody Fajardo, he went 11 to 17, 169 yards, no touchdowns and an interception before leaving the game with a concussion. Uh, he is slated to start. It looks like, so he has cleared concussion protocol and will start Friday night for the rough riders. William Powell, he had 88 yards on the ground and 33 yards through the air. Um, this offense has kind of been lackluster. I mean, that's apparent in the fact that they haven't scored a touchdown since week three, but I don't know. I don't see a lot from... They, they've they got a very young wide receiver group, and I think it's a good wide receiver group, but it's not a great wide receiver group right now. Uh, it doesn't help that Lowther, he missed two field goals on Friday night, I think they played last week. Maybe it was Saturday. Uh, the defense, however, they lead the league in terms of sacks with 16. And the entire Rough Riders team also leads the league in penalties with 68 penalties. Uh, that amounts for 900 yards, if you're wondering. I mean, they, they've they had a 900 penalty yards, which is insane. I think a key part of Saskatchewan, if they want to win this game, is, of course, score touchdowns. That's kind of the point of football um but also nick arbuckle has been on a downward trend lately and i think they need to keep that downward trend going if they want to win this game they need to force him to make mistakes they need to force him to be uncomfortable um and to really yeah just just make mistakes i i can't put it any simpler than that and i i'm not going to try to put it any simpler than that they uh they need to force this team to make mistakes, and they need to be solid in their running defense. DJ Foster and John White are animals in the backfield, and I think if they if they get going, then the Rough Riders are going to lose. If they don't get going, then there's a good chance the Rough Riders can win this game. For Toronto, I think they're right now the epitome of underplaying. Uh, BC is starting to trend upwards, and they were kind of the, the poster boys of not really reaching their potential, and I think now it's starting to be Toronto. Uh, Nick Arbuckle, he went 23-37, 236 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. He also added nine yards on the ground and a touchdown there. Uh, John White had 84 yards on the ground, and DJ Foster had 63 yards and a touchdown through the air. Now, I just talked about them as a duo and dual threat they are they are a threat and a half they are amazing together and i think um if you stop john white dj foster's going off if you stop dj foster john white's going off if you stop one of them through the ground the other one's going to get there through the air and arbuckle knows that and the argonauts know that and they they're able to take advantage of that i mean you got two really fast shifty guys and why not use them to the best of your ability this receiving group, when it comes to the slot backs and wide receivers, they haven't really been performing as well as I thought they would be. Um, 
but I'm I'm going to say that against a banged up Rough Riders defense, they're probably going to be able to find more open space, and you could see Nick Arbuckle uh, having a breakout game that could hopefully for Argonauts fans everywhere lead to a better second half of the season. Uh, they need more consistent showings if they want to to really push for the playoffs in the second half. They need to be consistent on offense. Nick Arbuckle, like I said um, in my top five list segment, they need to really, or he needs to take the reins. He needs to take the reins of this offense, and he needs to show everyone, hey, I'm the starting quarterback here. McBeth's a great guy, but he's on the bench. He's he's behind me. And I'm I'm this much better than him. They, he needs to put space between them so that Toronto can stop it with his quarterback carousel that they've going, been going on for a few years now and finally have their guy in Toronto. Uh, the defense. The defense for Toronto, they have the best rushing defense in the league with 328 yards allowed, which is number one, and only one rushing touchdown in the entire season allowed, which is tied for first in the CFL. Um, they also have forced 31 to an ounce, which is second in the entire league. I think the key for this defense in Saskatchewan right now is going to make, they need to make Fajardo scramble in the pocket and not outside of the pocket. So they need to really keep the edge, um, and don't let Fajardo get outside when he drops back. That's where I've noticed that Cody Fajardo is kind of most dangerous is when he's getting outside of the defenders, outside of the defensive ends, and he's able to scramble, make the play last far too long, and then find an open receiver or find a lane and get some significant yardage. They need to make sure that they keep Fajardo's scrambles inside of the pocket in order to force him up and uh, let some of those interior defensive linemen gobble him up, right? So that's going to be a key, I think, for this Toronto defensive line and defense as a whole is to keep Fajardo contained and not let him um, get outside the tackles. Another key, I think, for Toronto is turnovers, but not only that, but points off of turnovers. They only have 18 points off of turnovers the entire season, which is 7th in the CFL. And so, force Saskatchewan to make mistakes, but also capitalize off of those. You need to be scoring points when your defense gets an interception or a fumble recovery, right? You need to you need to take advantage of those because those are not only points on the board, but they're also momentum changing, uh, momentum shifting plays that can really change the course of a game, not only on the scoreboard, but just in terms of team morale and team momentum. And so that's going to be really important for Toronto if they want to win this game. Now, in terms of a prediction, I think this is going to be a close game. I think Saskatchewan's going to be able to score a touchdown or two. Um, but I'm going to choose a one-point game here. And I'm going to take the Toronto Argonauts to beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Saskatchewan 29-28, to the final score there. Uh, let me know what you think about that. Let me know what you think about my other predictions. I'll have them posted all over social media. I'll have them posted on my Instagram, on my Facebook, Twitter, you name it. It'll be there, so check it out. Um, 
hit me up on all of those at CFL Huddle on Instagram and Twitter, Harvey's Huddle CFL on Facebook, and give me a comment, shoot me a message, tweet the heck out of me, and uh, we can get some good conversations going. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Harvey Subtle. I'm Jackson Harvey. Take care.